And then he said, don't wish it was easier, wish you were better. Don't wish for less problems, wish for more skills. I can't catch a break, guys. Yeah. Get them the fuck away from me. I can't, I can't be around those guys. People think, oh well, cleaning your room, that's just a cliche. It's like, yeah, really, eh? Just go ahead and try it. If people had any idea how powerful sleep is for healing from anything, and the fact that it's free. My mind is absolutely bulletproof, solid as a rock. Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Fight and Fit Show. Today, we are going to be talking about intuitive eating and a binge restrict mentality. If you've ever found yourself binging and restricting, we're going to have some very useful resources for you in this podcast, and we really hope to bring you further along and maybe understand some of your own behavior. I'm just so excited to get stuck in with you, Chris, on another week on this podcast. I would like to welcome everybody and all our listeners to the show, all 43 is, all right, all you veterans, you FF show veterans. So guys, as Chris said, we're going to be talking about intuitive eating, binge restricted, and hopefully we can provide a little bit of an insight as to what's going on and some useful behaviors to help you out and bring your disordered eating along. And obviously we want to stress that disordered eating is not necessarily an actually, you know, definitely not an eating disorder so an awful lot of people can have disordered eating patterns without having a full-blown eating disorder yeah i agree so all right so uh, we'll get into it so uh first let's talk about self-reflection all right so it's important that you understand your relationship with food you reflect on past dieting experiences and their impact and how they would have affected you Explore your current beliefs and attitude towards food and identify any restrictive or disordered eating patterns. Okay, so let's say, how would you reflect on past dieting experience and their impact? Like, give me an example of so some diets or some restrictive uh, modalities that would, um, let's say, pollute your current relationship with food. Well, for me, I, I'm going to talk from my personal experience for an awful lot of this where possible because I feel like my own anecdotes might be useful so we're not kind of talking outside ourselves but i feel like for me my very first interaction with dieting was through boxing and i forget what way you phrase that exactly but it didn't it, it basically what it highlighted for me was my lack of knowledge of food and so that was the big issue guys i apologize for my voice for drops in and out here but a bit of laryngitis in the minute but one of the things that happened to me early on was that i needed to be a certain weight for boxing so many much like many people i was trying to lose weight pretty quickly which for healthy and sustainable nutrition habits and also just health energy and well-being is not a good strategy to kind of partake in but with boxing cutting weight is kind of part and parcel of, of the sport but one thing it, it showed to me is like when i was trying to cut weight and I, I really didn't have any tools or strategies you know it was just eat less eat less mm-hmm. and eat less of a vague category of food known as shit and eat more of good food, none of which I liked because I didn't really like vegetables. Meals, I had no skills. Equipment, I had none. Time and money, I had very... Well, time, actually, I probably had a lot of it at the time, but money, I had very little of and so I was left with a very, very select and a few options. And so what I resorted to was grilling chicken fillets under George Foreman and eating them with a bit of ketchup, not eating sugar as much as I could and ending up going to the bakery 
after my morning training session and getting two buns and eating them up in my room in secret. <laughs> have, <clears throat> have any of those um, behaviours like followed up till now or have you addressed them consciously or have they just sort of went away themselves? One thing that I definitely 1000% worked on is my kitchen utensils. So I definitely have got more more utensils to cook with you know like i've definitely got a wider variety of tools in the kitchen now to kind of help me make preparation and cooking in so i don't just have a foreman i don't just have a deep fat fryer i don't just have a toaster it's like i made out of a frying pan i've got a sale i've got a sharp knives i've got you know pots pans i've got the george foreman i've got the air fryer i've got lots of different tools to help me make good food also then obviously massively i've focused on upskilling my cookery skills and myself and chloe have sat through many disgusting meals that i've thrown together and absolutely butchered on, on the journey of failing forward and so you know I've, I've i've tried to expand my repertoire of meals that i can make and make well so that way dieting isn't something that's absolutely torturous i've spent hours and hours and hours like i would say like a grand total of weeks like actual like go back to call of duty days for you you know what is your total play time like 17 mm. months you know it's like i've actually got weeks logged on youtube of watching people make food like i you yeah. know it's like learning recipes drop drop to... wait there drop a few um a few channels that you really like to watch that give you a lot of inspiration oh just gonna put me in the spot well, obviously gordon ramsay binge with babish binge with babish but again, like like it, it's different because there's there's learning how to cook and then there's fitness foods, you know. Mm-hmm. So obviously, Greg Duchette would be a great one for you know fitness foods and high protein, low calories, that kind of stuff. Will Tennyson would be another one. Yeah, what what what's it, what does he call himself? Is it Shred Bundy? I'm trying to think of his actual mm-hmm. name. Joe Delaney. Joe Delaney. Joe Delaney on on YouTube. Obviously. They're kind of fitness guys. You've got you've got your man Zach with a K Z A C K dot C H U G Zach dot Chug, absolutely unbelievable. On so, uh, Instagram, on Instagram and on TikTok, I, I'm actually on YouTube as well. Yeah, on YouTube. Aussie Fitness is known A U S S I Fitness. You know, again, just mm-hmm. their fitness food. But then obviously, like Gordon Ramsay. Oh, I'm trying to think. There's one like I'm thinking. That's kind of what 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 flushed me a little bit. Like the home the the pro home cook or something like that you know it's like just channels to help you understand what cooking is because nobody taught me how to cook growing up you know and uh, oh actually well that's not true i did home home economics so you learned a little bit through there and that's maybe where i i built a decent foundation off and had a, a somewhat reasonable understanding for food but again the big thing is like are you are you are you invested in what you're putting in your mouth you actually give a shit because that to me was 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 really important that I really like food and I really don't like an awful lot of, you know, quote unquote healthy food. And I know that there's, I know, I know that if Gordon Ramsay stuck 98% of things in front of me, I'd probably, yeah, it's pretty nice. And so it's like, there's a way to turn most food nice. And so obviously the difference of whether or not you can do that or not is your own skills, utensils, time, energy, and resources. Mm, And what utensils have you got that have been invaluable? A chopping board. Chopping board is one. Well, again, some people uh, might roll their eyes at this here, but especially, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's the same for for girls, but for young lads, like, you know, like my cooking skills after I left school were no, 
Zero. Like zero. Microwave. Yeah, I didn't have, yeah, microwave um, and maybe a cheese toasty machine. That was and about George it. Foreman, maybe? Well, I didn't get one of them for a while. That was one of the things that I would say is invaluable, having a wee George Foreman. An air fryer is also really, really good. Um, a chopping board, a uh, good set of knives. And, uh, like a, a, lot of, a lot of little bowls for prep. You know, one for your chopped veg, one for your rubbish, one for more chopped veg. You yeah, know, that's another uh, good one. You know, like a, a sieve, a pot, a colander, a rice cooker if you want to go down the rice cooker road. Rice cooker. How do you have a rice cooker? No, it's on my list. So I have a rice cooker, and <clears throat> I literally never use it. I never make it. Look, and when I did, it used to get all hard and crappy at the bottom. I don't have to solve that one yet. But I, instead of trying to actually I figure it out, I just I don't get, it's I don't in the back of my press. Water. You're not using I think, it. Uh, I think it might be right. And so, um, so yeah, uh, cooking skills is absolutely one of the biggest parts or the biggest um, hurdles when it comes to good nutrition because most people you know, just don't have like a log of recipes that they can just that they know how to shop for, they know um, how to cook it and they can <laughs> make it in bulk so that they're not cooking all week or that they have at least a few let's go to meals. Yeah, that's exactly the way I look at it. And these go-to meals, if you have them and you've prepped them the same way and they do, they do the job, you can put the ingredients into my fitness pal, make a meal out of it, and then divide it into servings. And then you have that, like, save for the calories, the protein, you have everything for it. And then once you have that, you can adjust it whatever way you want to make it hit your macros. It's really good. So go-to meals. Um, have a few go-to meals. We, I think in the links for this, we'll share um, a link to one of our old recipe guides. Just to have a few meals there if you want a few go-to ones. When you're picking a go-to meal, I recommend you pick one that looks simple, easy to shop for, and you know you're you're gonna like it, or at least you know like you're not gonna hate it. Honestly, guys, I can't recommend Zach dot Chug enough. Find him, follow him, and start making all the stuff. It's just really nice food. There's not a whole pile of vegetables in it, so you know the vast majority of people would would eat them. And it's like it's high protein. You'll hit your macros with it, and if you're then trying to progress on a little bit, you add the vegetables in yourself. But again, the big thing is like for like, again, I feel like one thing we should probably say for this, is like there's a big difference between eating for health and eating for physique. And I feel like mm-hmm. an awful lot of people who are trying to lose weight is like, they probably just eat for physique initially because mm-hmm. it was like eating for health is like, you could overeat your calories very, very easy. It's like, and you're making a massive step forward towards your health. You're probably just eating a load of shit at now anyway. And yeah, so, I think managing managing caloric intake is one of the most important factors when it comes to health. Like, I think managing your caloric intake is way more important than micronutrient intake. You know, if there's a pyramid, so. yeah, if there's a pyramid of like importance, like the base would be calories, managing calories. Then after that, managing your micronutrients, and after that, managing your micros, and then after that, supplementation and all that sort of stuff. That's the way I would <clears throat> I would view it. Like, like because you can eat all the there's like. Like sumo, if you look at sumo wrestlers in yeah, Japan, like if you look at their diet, there's a few cool documentaries on YouTube that you can find. Um, but their diet is minimally processed, whole foods, lots of vegetables, you know, lots of protein. Like it's like their diet is actually like immaculate, apart from the fact that there's just so many calories. Like they just eat so 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 much. I wonder if so, you took a like measured their metabolic health. Like I'm probably so probably super healthy though. Uh, would you say so? Like they're in, like they're, I would say morbidly obese, but maybe they could be. Uh, uh, hmm. Like they're I definitely see, athletic. They're definitely athletic. They're definitely not like stuck in the mud. Got super open hips, super mobile. 
Um, so very, very strong. Loads but, of muscle mass. A lot yeah, of that's but, muscle mass. Uh, um, well, it take. Tell you what, I would I'll leave that on uh, the like on the term. I'm not 100 sure, but I would say that they're obese still, and that they if they want to look after their health, they would be more healthy and it would put less strain on their heart and their bodies if they were lighter. But again, they're pursuing a certain career. I think it's the same with powerlifters. It's the same way you know Olympic lifters when they get into the really heavy categories, so they put on stupid amounts of weight. Um, and like while that might be good for the goal, it might not necessarily be the healthiest thing for them. Even bodybuilders, when they're they're too heavy because of all muscle. They're really, really unhealthy. It puts a stupid strain on the heart. So back to uh, to uh, the the intuitive eating guide. So we've got self reflection. You need to be able to reflect on how different fads and different stuff would have affected in the past. Stuff like so experimenting with keto, experimenting with fasting, experimenting um, with low carb diets, experimenting with. Um, Joe, the Atkins diet, like any sort of diet that is not, let's say, that is restrictive in terms of food groups, I think would be, uh, would affect you in the long term. Like I remember we used to do low carb and I used to think carbohydrates are bad for like every single situation. Like carbs are just bad, just avoid them. And that would be, that used to affect my decisions when it came to like what foods I would get and it would completely change how I would... Already, but then like what would happen is like I'd restrict all that, and then when it came to it, if I go to the shop and there was jellies or anything like that there, like you know, like I just I just ruin everything just by going to grab that part time part time low carb. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That comes into the dangerous Exactly. Guilt shame cycle then. Yeah, which is not good. And then after you do that, you feel like shit uh, because you broke your diet, and then you go even harder on the diet. I'm like, no, I'm gonna fucking kill it. And uh, then you do that for a while until you can't do it anymore. And then you're like, fuck it. And you get some, get a takeaway or you get a bit of chocolate or an ice cream or something like that because the weather's nice. Um, all right. So after that, then um, exploring your current beliefs and attitudes towards food. So maybe come up with a list and start describing what you believe about food like right now. So some beliefs that I would like you to adopt is in general, more protein is better. Um the ideal is minimally processed whole foods. If uh, the closer you can get to killing your own animal and uh, growing your vegetables out of the ground, the better. But it doesn't have to be like that. Again, there is variations if you are buying it from like a factory and it's in like a little packet. It's probably not the best for you. Uh, but <clears throat> if you get your meat in the butchers, your vegetables from your your vegetables from let's say your local what do you call it like vegetable shop um, and then you get your carbohydrates uh, from like let's say again not chips but like potatoes that you cut yourself and you put into the air fryer the oven yourself the closer you get to that the better um, and then identify any restrictive or disordered eating patterns so like identifying it just means that like you're aware that these things are playing out and putting in writing it down makes it an actual thing that you have to solve rather than just being in your head, being vague and foggy. So, like, if you do notice that, like, so you try and diet, and you're very, very good all week. I've I've got a wee list here if you want to. Go for it. So, uh, here are some disordered eating behaviours. So, skipping meals or fasting, obsessively counting calories or macros, restricting certain food groups or types of foods, engaging in binge eating or emotional eating, and then purging behaviours such as vomiting or laxative abuse. So, obviously, that's all... Dis- disordered eating 
signs of so disorder. That's when, in my experience um, coaching, I haven't come across anyone, or I haven't, I haven't had anyone open up to me. And people usually open up to us uh, when we do our goal reviews and stuff like that, like, and they're pretty honest about it. Um, I haven't had anyone uh, talk to me about purging, and I haven't had anyone talk to me about laxatives. I, I, la- well, laxative, laxative is purging. You're just purging through the other end. Well, sorry, I just mean like getting sick. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I have, I've had, I think I've had two. Now, two. Not, not, not currently with us, but in previous years, they had engaged in, in purging behavior of one form or another. Yeah. So, um, identifying them as a, as something that you should be tackling is part of it. Okay. And then, once you have that, that's you're basically you understand your relationship with food a little bit more. You have it in a whole package. You're like, I eat like this. These are the things that I like. These are the let's say bad behaviors that I'm struggling with at the moment. And then I think it would also be um, important to understand like what good foods that you do like that you know you like. So like the reason that we're building this awareness as well is so that we're not doing all of this eating unconsciously. That we're not doing it unaware of what's going on or what we're doing, and we're not just living out um, our impulses without some sort of conscious awareness. So, I think a big, I think a big part. I'm sorry. Before you go a little bit deeper, and I just kind of what we were just on there is, like I feel like all of those behaviors are very, very closely linked to looking for a quick fix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they, they want the problem solved now rather than later, and whether that's emotional eating, they're trying to solve their emotions with food right now, um, or again, if if it's any trying to like weight loss or health hack, it's like you're trying to cut out this because it's going to make you healthy today or tomorrow. And the same thing with, you know, restricting calories fast and this kind of stuff, which, again, all of these behaviors can be useful at some point. Like, um, even even the laxative end of things, it's like, I'm sure people looking to cut weight might find it useful. It's like, but it's it's the why behind that I feel like is, is crucially important. That's kind of why we want to get because to Because it needs bottom. to be done right now. It needs to be fixed right now. Exactly. Yeah, and that's, that's the a problem. Very good point. So it's like, you, it's like if if the why is because you have absolutely no patience and no consistency game or no control or no skills in order to engage with this thing on a consistent basis, I feel like that's a big part of the problem. And that's why then we need to start being a little bit more mature about it and start engaging these some of these tools. And that's and again, what what is maturity? Maturity is not oh I'm better than you and I can deal with my things. It's like hey look. I've got some tools and some strategies that are healthier and I'm just doing my best to engage with them. Yeah. Um, so next up, do you want to talk about body image? Go for it. Yeah, well, did you, well, more, I, more sorry, I, kind of, I, I kind of cut you off there just on what you were saying. I just wanted to pre-preface that, what, what you were saying, because I feel like, you know... Well, yeah, okay. So what, what I was going to say was, um, so it is also important, like... When you are self-reflecting, it's important to understand your strengths and your weaknesses. So the first part, to understand your experience. These are all the things that hinder you. And if you just have those labels of just the bad stuff and just things like, you're going to give yourself this identity of, you know, like, I'm bad at food. I have all these weaknesses, all this sort of stuff. And it gives you, like, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy where you're just this failure with food. But the cool thing about it is that if you start highlighting some of your strengths, you're like, well, then you have something to balance it out and be like, okay, I'm not, like, this completely flawed being who can never get their food right it's like i like some vegetables Joe, you know i know how to cook steak really well because i watched the gordon ramsay video or i know how to make the best gravel eggs ever i know how to make like it again some people have some good good skills and some people don't and like some of the good skills might be um 
you know, I eat at least 30 grams of protein at each meal or vegetables aren't that big a deal to me or uh, I, I like protein shakes. Yeah, like exactly. It, like start highlighting some of the strengths that will help you get towards your goal rather than just all the weaknesses because it is important to have some sort of balance. And if you don't have any balance like that, uh, get booked in for a wee chat with us and um, we will like assess all this and go through it with you. Yeah, so after that, I was going to talk about um, body image. Oh, so uh, body image and assessing your body image and self perception. So, how do you assess your body image? Any idea? I think a good place to do that would be with a professional. Go on. So, like for talk's sake, one of the things that I do with with clients is we go through their progress photos with them together. You know, particularly the before and afters, but maybe even just assessing your your body image like right now could be the before you gotta look objectively how do you feel about this and you might find that in the vast majority of the cases i actually don't think i've met one person who is overconfident with their body you know it's it's always this fucking shit on me session oh i don't like this oh look at this oh look at that and you know, for me anyway, it's like I, I, I find it very easy to go to that place. But even with myself now, I've kind of gotten to a place where it's like I'm objective about it. You know, you have to try and be a, cut your head out of it. You know, and just look well, at it as some, somebody else. How do you do that? Well, pra- practice and by learning some, some standards, some actual standards. What are the standards? Or what should, you know, a healthy waist look like? What should, you know, like, and then again, you have to be objective towards the band as well it's like actually well, you know what my gut is way too big you know my arms maybe are a little bit soft and then you can wash in you know uh, like a little bit of like right well where would you like to be and maybe it doesn't have to be bare bones like healthy it's like well what if you want you know some definition on your chest what if you want some definition on your triceps what if you want some definition on your shoulders what if you're just happy enough to fit into a dress and it's like and so again just understand that an awful lot of this stuff is going to be a spectrum you know and obviously <laughs> sorry we have to understand that an awful lot of people's body image is warped by what they see on social media. And so too mm-hmm. high a standard is not going to be good for you. But also, you know, if you are relatively healthy, that understand that you don't need to be shredded to have a, well, you know, subjectively have a good body image. It's like, you know, how, what's the conversation you have with yourself with your body? Is it a positive one? Even if you are obese, like, can you look at yourself as a person and say, hey, well, you know what? I am somebody of value. I am somebody who's capable of change. I, I do love my body. I do respect my body. And I want to start, because of it's coming from a place of love, I want to start treating myself better and coming at it with some actions that support the body. Because, again, like, I mean, if you are just not giving a shit about your nutrition, it's like, that's not loving yourself. And it's going to be very, very hard to even just subjectively have a positive body image because your actions don't follow that. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. It really does. So, so we want to have some objective standards and either so you that's, can... That's well, what I was going... What I was, the answer I was looking for, um, you, you sort of, you tipped on it, but like, what are the actual objective standards? So that's what we should, what I think we should be talking about. And um, I think there's a few that are out there. One is BMI. I think BMI isn't the most useful, but it can be. It can be useful Sorry, enough. I think I, your I body actually, fat percentage I think, is. I think BMI is incredibly useful for anybody who's not like, like massively muscle bound. I feel mm-hmm. like BMI. Like I feel like BMI is actually one that doesn't get enough credit. BMI is fantastic. Listen, guys, unless you shit loads of muscle, your BMI is probably going to be pretty spot on. 
Uh, I would uh, tend to disagree. Like, I remember uh, my BMI when I was, like, getting in pretty good shape was put off a good bit. Like, once you start getting healthy and you start building, a, like, a bit of muscle, um, I think uh, BMI isn't as useful. But if it's, if you if anybody, are an overweight, if, anybody if you're an overweight, what I'm trying to say, if you're an over, if you're an overweight individual and you're looking to get leaner, BMI <laughs> is something that you want to see drop over time. It is. For talk's sake. BMI is relatively fantastic, but if anybody's seen Chris's before and after photos, is like Chris also was extremely muscle bound with some body dysmorphia in there because he was still been overly critical on himself despite the fact that he looked like an absolute Adonis. Well, I appreciate that. But um, anyway, so BMI I think is is useful. It gets thrown out a lot, but I think a body fat percentage is way better. So I think a good uh, body fat percentage for lads to be healthy is the 20% mark. If you want to start looking leaner and more athletic and um, way, way more healthier, well, then I would say the 15% mark. So 12 to 15% mark is like you're really lean, really athletic, and you're absolutely killing it. That's what we're looking for in terms of like an objective measurement. Um, and then after after that as well, there's also your um, height to uh your how big your waist is so if your waist is bigger than your chest you have a problem so that's an objective what about the, objective what it, yeah but what about for talk's sake what about big chested ladies for talk's sake they might be able to get away with a bigger waistline just with that metric it seems slightly off yeah uh, that that is true i was thinking more on lads there so, um, and then after that as well, there's also, we need to challenge societal beauty standards and uh, cultivate body acceptance. So this one, when I was younger, I used to think it was kind of cringe. Um, just like, just accept it the way you are. And I used to think that you wouldn't be motivated to make any sort of change. But one of the cool things about it is that like, when you have a good, when you have a good mentality about this, um, the reason you do the stuff is not necessarily just to look a certain way to fit into these roles. You're doing it because you actually love yourself and you actually want yourself to do better and to feel better. And it's not, it's more like, instead of it being like, you're scolding the bull kid in the corner, be like, stop bloody painting on the walls. Do you get me? So instead of being like, stop fucking doing that, you go over to them, you give them paint and a piece of paper and you're like, oh, draw a nice painting on this instead. And then they're like, oh, this sounds like fun. So uh, do, do not like that. Give them a little bit of encouragement and give yourself a little bit of self-love. Um, Turns out that that's more motivational than the self chastising and the berating. So, like beating yourself up into eating better, uh, usually will work for the danger strike mentality over everything else. Yeah, what do you think? I mean, I think it's 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 a double sided sword because I feel like everybody should have very high standards. I feel like an awful lot of people are capable of a lot more than they think, but I feel like the way to do that is initially for everybody is lowering the bar right down and like I said yeah giving yourself some well-deserved praise for getting the absolute basics right and I feel like if you get the basics right for long enough like I feel like you'd be absolutely shocked as to how high you would go but I think that most people again especially with this kind of like this whole binge restrict like negative mentality is that we start chastising ourselves for not being there yesterday and it's like mm-hmm. Do you know how hard it is to eat relatively good and get all those habits together for like four months straight? It's like, 
that's a, a, a rock solid foundation, the kind of person that you need to become in order to do that, or the kind of person that you will become by embarking on that journey. It's like, that's how you change. That's how you get some serious bloody results. But that's the hard part. It's like, you can't get there quick fix style. It just doesn't work. And I feel like that the, 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 the opposite is true as well, is that an awful lot of people lower the bar so far that they kind of step away from the program because they feel like they don't feel like it's working. It's like, I mean, you were talking about this earlier on in preparation for the podcast. It's like, you know, well, what is intuitive eating? Well, intuitive eating is when you listen to your body's hunger cues, which again, doesn't always work because some people's work their hunger cues, but you know, generally, and again, maybe it's not even just your physical hunger cues, but your mental hunger cues. And so again, in extreme cases, those are going to be insanely out of whack and you're going to need to work with a professional in order to kind of find that balance but for most people it's going to be like listen are you hungry or are you bored you should sit down and have a breakfast you don't need to eat it all eat as much as you like but you should probably sit down and have a breakfast you should pack a lunch because again we're trying to show that we're organized and we're trying to have something nutritious there for us if we should need it so we're not going for something you know more unhealthy and just because it's convenient so again you pack the lunch no you don't have to eat it all but if you know that you're somebody who just tends to skip meals maybe you should try and you know, maybe you should try and eat another half a sandwich. You know, you should push the boat in a little bit. And then, you know, say, and then it's like, oh, we're not just snacking because it's there. We're not just eating shit because it's there. We're not just going, oh, I'd like to taste that, so I might eat it. It's like, you know, you can do a little bit of that, but we can't just only be in this kind of impulsive state. So we're starting to use our intuition. It's exactly what it says. It's intuitive eating. It's like, you know what's right. You know what's wrong. You know what's not enough. You know what's too much. And if you don't, then you are already pretty far gone and you should seek professional coaching and help because that's reasonable to do. It's like if you know you're very far gone, again, your intuition will probably tell you if you're too far gone. If you're sitting there thinking, why am I too far gone? You probably are. You know? Or if you're sitting there going, oh, you know, I'm actually not doing too bad. It's like, okay, you're not probably not doing too bad. But what do you know that you need to fix? And so again, yeah, we start working on improving that. But the issue is when some people here intuitive eating, they think lacks eating. Oh, no attention paid. It's like, that's not what it is either. And so we don't want to load the bar so far that we completely go off track. And this is one of the big issues I have with people who don't want to track food on MyFitnessPal is that it is, do you not want to track it because, oh, I just can't, it's too much, or are you just not bothered? And then you get the other people and it's like, I generally know people who genuinely get obsessed with it and it has the opposite effect. And so it, there is two different schools of people. And so it's like the people over here need to do intuitive eating. They need to step away from manage, 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 manage. You're hyper-managing your track. I think there's another thing that you should, that we should be looking at when it comes to um, people who don't use MyFitnessPal. And I think a lot of people, I think we very quickly can label them where you know, they're just not bothered. But I think my fitness pal represents a whole load of other things to, to them as well. And one of them would be like a lack of competency in using it. I remember when I first started using my fitness pal, it was really frustrating and really annoying. There was lots of um, different things where I'd press and save something and I wouldn't save and it would save as like a, a meal, but I wouldn't save it or it would save as a recipe and not as a meal and I couldn't divide it. And there's a load of different things that was really annoying. And one of the reasons why I avoided it was because that was just a headache that I didn't want to do it right now and I had other stuff that I had to manage and then on top of that so sometimes ignorance is bliss and you just don't want to know you just don't want to know how many calories you, need. you just don't want to know how um how bad it is or how good it is or like that especially if you know that it's pretty bad already like ignorance is bliss and you don't have to sometimes you don't want to look at the monster you know you're like ah, I'm sure. that. 
I, I think that's I, important. But again, it's like, yeah, it's like, I, like again, I would just kind of push back and then, you know, put that into the, like, and again, no, it's not, it's not just that they're not bothered, but you're in the not bothered category. It's like, you're not, you're not bothered or can't deal with it right now, which is reasonable. I get it. But it's like, but where you belong is in the need to start engaging group versus the group who engage too much. Well, I think the, the best way to, to the best advice for someone like that is like give yourself full permission to do it badly it lowers the barrier to entry to it just play around with it see if you can find out it's like see if you can make one meal in it to figure it out like once you figure it out once you don't have to figure it out again you really don't yeah. and it's like it's it's not really hard when you know what to do and then most stuff that you buy has a bloody barcode on it and most of the barcodes you just picture boom the amount you want so, what is actually one of the most... biggest one of my biggest frustrations with it actually though when you get uh <laughs> You get a meal that you want, or uh, let's say you know, a package that you have, you scan it, and then it comes out in something that's not grams. And then you have to go convert like half a cup to grams in rice, or half a cup of like whatever it is. <clears throat> um, and when you have to do that conversion, or like let's say it's berries or something stupid, even though like the calories are like negligible, when you can't do that, you know, it's very, very um, frustrating. For sure, this is it. Little little obstacles will stop an awful lot of people, and that's it, hundred percent. And so, that's where you got to start engaging with it. Like again, like I had to set neat shift dinners on the path to making a nice one. Like I mean, I don't know many spaghetti bolognese I oversalted or over seasoned, and the meals were crushed under the weight of my creativity. You know, and so it's like it's not always going to be a straight path forward. It's like there's a learning curve with most things, and I feel like because eating is something that we all do all the time, we you know, are a little bit arrogant and think, oh, I can do that. Oh, obviously I can cook. It's like, well, obviously not. All right. Obviously you can. You're unhealthy and overweight or you're skinny and underfed and you're undernourished. It's like, you're obviously not competent. And so when you start ha- eating a little dose of reality, it's like, are you in trouble? Are you getting the results you want? If you're listening to this and you're getting the results you want, then this is not for you. Congratulations. Well, bloody done. Either you got there through luck chance or skill fair play to you well done you're super competent competent amazing there's an awful lot of people who are struggling and are sitting here on a knife's edge with the pen and paper out who knows that they're struggling and there's a group of people who are too arrogant to take on the fact that they're really really struggling and it's like listen you're one of those three people or you're not (laughs) or you're an alien (laughs) and um so i've got some notes here overcoming disordered eating so i would just like to we can we can dig into these if you like practice mindful eating so pay attention to your hunger and fullness cues try to eat without distractions and so again like are you mindful about your eating and i feel like an awful lot of this whole food mental mindfulness practice could come down to exactly that it's just like are you paying attention to what is happening or are you just acting habitually you learned some behavior growing up maybe you learned as a coping mechanism and now you're just kind of stuck in that and the hard part of that is as vague and airy fairy as it sounds, but it's very, very real. And a lot of the top coaching advice is mindfulness. Is like become aware, start becoming more aware. You're not aware. You're not. You're 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 you've you've switched off. You know, and so we have to become aware of what's going on and start paying attention and being an active participant in what what's happening, not just someone's that that's getting carried through it. Challenge negative thoughts. Identify the challenge. I think you actually already said this, to be fair. Identify and challenge the negative thoughts and beliefs that contribute to disordering eating habits. And so, again, like, what are, what's, like, are you an emotional eater? It's like, is it a lack of skill? Is it a lack of knowledge? What's going on? Build a support system. 
really important. This is kind of one of the reasons why we came back to it a few times. It's like, get some professional help. You know, maybe it's friends, maybe it's families, but a professional it's like will save you a lot of time and wasted effort so they can speed things up. So build a support, surround yourself with people who are supportive of your recovery and can help you stay accountable. And so obviously that's what we do. We're nutrition coaches. We'd love to help you. If you want to, you know, seek somebody who literally just does nutrition coaching, those people exist as well. If you want to work with somebody who literally specializes in disorder, disorder eating or overeating or whatever your particular issue is, or maybe you want to go even deeper than that, maybe you want to go to a shrink or a psychiatrist or a counselor because the eating is only a reflection of a deeper issue. It's like, well, again, that's a, it's a great idea. Who are you talking? Like, are your friends and family supportive about what you're trying to do? Or are they dealing with the same issue themselves? And are they even aware like, that you're struggling? That would be one thing yeah. as well. Like a lot of people, when it comes to nutrition, I know that if um, I wasn't in the industry and I wasn't like this here, I'd be kind of like embarrassed to talk that I I got to talk about it, to talk about the fact that like, you know, I don't have any cooking skills. You know, I'm fucking 24 or whatever it is. And I never used a fucking oven before. Like, stuff well, like listen, that. Like, remember, that would be... I, I, I would tell you because chances are if that was you, you'd be overweight. I was. But, but exactly my point. And so it would be very obvious to you that, you know, again, you can be willfully ignorant if you wanted to be. But at the same time, I feel like the lack of habits generally brings with it a physical representation of the problem. And so again, you'd be overweight. You'd be low energy and you'd be dealing with a lot of problems because you don't have a handle on your nutrition. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like, I wouldn't like, so you're on about, you know, your social network and your, um, you know, like the people around you and you're like, it would have been something I would have brought up. It would have been something that like, if that topic of conversation did come up, I'd like sidestep it or move around it because what I'd have to contribute to it wouldn't be, um, it would, it would be a confession for how bad my nutrition is or how bad my cooking skills are. And I wouldn't want to appear like I have that level of incompetence when it comes in that area. Does that make sense? I would, so like, I, so you wouldn't... If, I was in, if I was in the industry, let's say you never came to work and fight until I did, I would have already had an intervention. Which... Yeah, I know. No, I know. But I, we're not talking about this um, scenario. We're about someone who's in their own house, Joe, with their own family, who doesn't care about fitness. They're overweight. Exactly. They don't yeah, have the course. cooking skills. And they're trying like like one of the things that they might not break, like their family might not even know that they're struggling with this stuff. So like, they're like, oh, my family doesn't support me. Be like, but also, have you had also, a conversation with them about it? Have you, have you not, asked them to be supportive? Not just them, but I think, I think, sorry, I think it's an even deeper rooted problem. I think the family are pro like, again, where did you learn the behavior? You probably learned exactly. it off your parents. And so they don't even know that they have a problem or they, they've tried a couple of times, don't have the tools to fix it. And they're, they're just helpless. And now you're helpless because they're helpless. And so, one of my favorite quotes is like it ran in my family till it ran into me and so it's like it's like you kind of have to take on you might be the one that has to take on this problem and try and fix it because the family can't they like they don't know how they're incapable and some of them are probably like maybe even ignorant of the problem but they're they're probably aware that they're overweight they're probably aware that they're underweight they're probably aware that they're you know they're, they're you know they're not they're missing their period you know they're they're they don't have sex drive they just have low energy they're coming home from work they're chronically tired, whatever it is, is like they're aware that they have a problem. They might just not be aware that it's nutrition or they just might not. They try to deal with it a few times and they just kind of give up. You know, and so again, yeah, it's important. It's important that you surround yourself and try and cultivate a group of people around you who understand the problem and support you. And as you said, even just for you to have the conversation with them and say, hey, yeah, I'm struggling. Could you help me out? But again, I would be very, very cautious of help asking people for help and support with a problem that they currently have because 
you're going to meet their tools and strategies which well, are that's, that's, that's what i was going to i was going to say like if you are trying to solve this problem like you can clearly say what you want to do um have an idea of how things might be interrupted by habits from your family like let's say every friday you know they get dominoes and they sit and watch britain's got talent or whatever, like whatever is on or i'm a celebrity they would they watch that every every night with the takeaway and that's like a family ritual or a tradition I'm not saying you have to like sacrifice that but maybe like avoiding uh, that situation or explaining to them that like oh could we do this instead maybe we could um have a make your own pizza night whatever instead of having a, a dominoes or whatever it is and like making your stuff again bringing everything back to that minimally processed whole foods rather than a pizza like just drenched in grease and fat and oil and ugh, all the stuff that makes you feel bad but tastes great like if they if they're not aware that that's an issue for you or that that's causing you to gain weight or that if they're not aware of it well then they can't check you on it they can't um support you in it and you can't uh, make any good decisions with their support so then when that night comes around you're just isolated they're having their pizza and all that sort of stuff you feel hard done by and you're like oh great so but if you had their support and then they're all doing it too well, then all of a sudden you're the little node in the network that makes your whole family healthier which is great and i think um if you adopt that responsibility you will do way better so um yeah there's that i think it's important that you have a support network and then lastly Engage in self-care. Take care of your physical and emotional health by getting enough sleep, exercising regularly, and engaging in activities that bring you joy and relaxation. And so that's obviously super important. So you got to take care of yourself, and you got to learn to take care of yourself, and you got to learn what that looks like because what, what is right for you might be wrong for somebody else. So it is a personal journey, and again, obviously, you can get professional help, or you can just do it intuitively and mindfully. Why do you think it's important to look after yourself, like to, to adopt that mentality? What was you like again? Same reason. Why is it important? Do I learn to care for my kids? In terms people of weight loss, taken people pe well, just in general, people need taken care of. And if you're overweight, like I mean, you're 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 not taking care of yourself. It's like you you will run into a myriad of issues from being overweight. But again, like being overweight is not the only issue with nutrition, although it is the most common one at the minute. You know, it's like it's like but you gotta learn to take care of yourself, whatever that means, like mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. It's like you have to uh, Stephen actually is, is uh, fantastic at keep coming back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's like mm -hmm. we all have we all have needs, bare basic needs that need looked after before we can move on to the next thing. And so you have to learn to take care of your needs so that way you can reach that place of self-actualization. And so, you know, again for me, initially, let's say at the start of this podcast. You know, I literally barely had my basic needs met. I didn't have enough money. I didn't have, you know, enough energy. I didn't have, you know, base. I was, you know, very insecure in terms of like where my living situation was and this kind of stuff. So it's like, you like in order, like how was I supposed to dive deep, deep into health optimization when I wasn't sure where I was going to sleep that night, or you know, I wasn't sure if I was going to have enough money for lunch the next day, or even have enough money to do my shopping, or you know that kind of stuff so that's well that's exactly why i why i asked the question so um if you if you don't look after yourself and you're not like fulfilling all these needs well then you'll have these like impulses or these desires that will take you away from your goals so like one let's say socializing let's say you haven't socialized all week you've been like you people need to socialize first that's important that we need to they need to understand that um, but let's say you haven't socialized properly all week. You've just been working head down uh, in a computer or whatever it is or at the building site. There's no crack or anything like that there. 
there's like a, a this little urge to socialize will like build and build and build and build and build and like maybe on monday to the start of the week you know, everyone's like oh pints you're like no i'm good don't need pints but then you haven't socialized with anyone so by wednesday and everyone's pints you're like it sounds a little bit more tempting and it's like pints and a takeaway on a football game and you're like oh man that's exactly what i need you get me like that's how how these impulses and it could be the same thing with energy so like if you're underslept you uh, will have less energy and what gives you a lot of energy energy drinks so let's say you're trying to cut back on energy drinks so you have one bad night of sleep you're like you're tough so you'll grind through it and then another bad night of sleep because you're tough so you grind through it but then by the third day you're wrecked so you have a big deadline to do something you're like fuck it kind of monster or your red ball or whatever it is and then that gives you what you need to do and then all of a sudden you're sleeping late again and it's a bad sort of cycle but you're in this constant thing for you're in a deficit of energy consistently and that's all because you didn't look after your sleep you didn't look after yourself in that in that sort of area and the same thing like if you do drink loads of alcohol and you're not <clears throat> looking after yourself in that way well then the next day is a write-off because you're you're soothing the ailments rather than addressing addressing issues and you're spending your energy in there in a different way so i think looking after yourself basically gives you less things that you have to worry about so you can focus on where you want to go and actually self-actualize 100 very very good chris you're a you're a, you're a smart fella uh, i do my best so um there, there was more so i was reading through my um my guide there and you started reading through the pn one and there is a good bit of overlap um the next part on my one is the principles or is rejected diet mentality what do you think about that rejected diet mentality i think sorry dude, just to keep things um, flowing and all that kind of stuff but i literally have to wrap this up in about 120 seconds all right okay we'll do part two we'll do part two. guys if you are really really digging this talk and you would like a part two we'd love to do a part two so we very very well could do it next week um, but again we'd love to hear your support and feedback in the comments so again if you like this you want a part two let us know and the heavier the comment and demand we will do a part two but yeah i gotta take this class chris guys please make sure you follow us on youtube on instagram on that's pretty much it to be fair tiktok tiktok youtube instagram find our socials um, and yeah really really appreciate your support thanks for, so much for listening if you to share chris please do oh that's it have a good one guys peace peace